0: yo there we go to hear myself from like your room i was so loud you're like the echoes for the phone
1: the echoes of your life
0: mm, that's it i need to be careful about saying that word though because i have an alexa but i changed her name to echo and i really don't want her to start talking to me from another room because that would be creepy
1: that would be creepy Well, let's roll into our uh, topic today, a rather somber topic. Normally, we do uh, sarcastic takes on various aspects of pop culture. However, uh, today, uh, due to the recent passing of the drummer of the Foo Fighters, we are on a somber subject. And it's interesting, too, because we have the two different perspectives, with you being a super fan, super nerd, and then uh, me kind of like uh, occasionally showing up at the party. Uh, So, welcome to my Summer layer Space Station Oddity. I am Sammy.
0: I am Stephanie. I got nothing good. It's it's a somber day. Did that even come out? Did you hear me? I
1: did, yes. No, I was just giving it a moment of silence. uh, Just for the... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so as you said, uh, it is a somber day. Uh, Taylor Hawkins has uh, passed away at the age of 50 uh, over the weekend. Um, And so there's a couple of things uh, I want to kind of like talk about uh, as we kind of get into it. Because you've also seen them live and stuff like that. So I want to give you space and time for your memories. Mm -hmm. But I want to give us a little bit of structure because a lot of people were making the obvious connection. Which was that like, you know... Dave Grohl was in Nirvana and then uh, Kurt Gobain took his life, so he died. So he was the drummer in that band and then the, then he started a new band and then that drummer died and that kind of thing. I felt that connection was a little on the nose. The more important connection I felt was, and he covered this in his book Storyteller, was that mm-hmm. out of the grief of um, Nirvana and being lost, he eventually started to like record the earliest Foo Fighter songs. you know he was just in a yeah. studio by himself. And it was that grief and that, like, he had to do something, right? Obviously, he took some time uh, and tried to figure things out. Um, and then he slowly started recording. And it was out of that darkness, out of that despair, that we got all this incredible light and all this incredible music via the Foo Fighters.
0: Mm-hmm. And And it's amazing because... I remember how long, I mean, I could go on Wikipedia, I guess, and look it up, but I'm trying to remember how long Nirvana was technically active, Um, and it wasn't that long. It was just like five years or something like that, but the Foo Fighters, I was at the concert last year. He was talking about like, it's been 26 years, and it's just, it's amazing to me because I, I think about that. You know, I think about, you know, when we lost Kurt Cobain and all that, and how tragic that was and how, you know, you want to undo things like that. You want to undo that kind of hurt for people, but at the same time, we wouldn't have the Foo Fighters if it hadn't happened. And now we're at this other side of it where, you know, the drummer lost his lead singer and now the lead singer's lost his drummer. And, you know, Taylor and anybody who's, you know, honestly, I think at this point, anybody who's even a passing fan would know Taylor and, Dave were best friends. I mean, they were brothers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: Taylor was also the face of the band in a weird way too. As much as yeah. Dave was, it's not normally like when you think of like, I don't know, Red Hot Chili Peppers or something. It's Anthony and Flea. Yes, everyone kind of knows Chad Smith and stuff in the back there. And if we lost them, it would be tragic. But it's Anthony and Flea. And that's how most bands are, right? You 2 is Bono and yeah. Edge. Um, mm-hmm. But Foo Fighters was built different. Even though, like, you have iconic guys like Pat Smear in there, uh, and his legacy and his musical contributions are huge, it was really Dave and Taylor that was the faces of the band, which is unusual.
0: It is, actually, because usually the person sitting behind the drum kit is not... they You don't see them anyways, so it's like they're not usually ever the face of the band. That's rare. Mm-hmm. And... It's it's interesting because I I don't know if it's I don't know if I'm trying to think of how to phrase this I don't know if the reason that became what it is is because because of their friendship or because Taylor's just such an affable person he was so nice and so sweet and always would take a moment to talk to anybody and you know anybody would tell you his smile was infectious mm-hmm. or or if it was the fact that. <laughs> I was, there's a tweet that I'd seen a couple times in the last couple of days. Somebody, forget who tweeted out, but basically said that Taylor Hawkins was probably the only drummer on earth who could play with Dave Grohl and make and not make you wish that it was Dave Grohl who was sitting behind the kit. hmm There's a drummer who could keep up with him. And I, and I don't know if maybe that's because of it. You know, it's Dave was famous for being one of the best drummers in the world. Yeah. And he wasn't even the drummer of his own band. He didn't need to be. He had Taylor. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if that's, if, if or maybe it's just a combination of all three is the reason that it was, you know, Taylor and it.
1: There's, a, there's a, one of the clips that were floating around uh, was um, when Foo Fighters would perform live, they would sometimes do a Queen cover. And so Dave Grohl... Oh yeah, would...
2: we had it ours too.
1: Yeah, Dave, so Dave Grohl a... would go on the drums mm-hmm. and then Taylor would sing it. Um, and so Taylor did like, uh, he kind of introduced the song and he said, uh, this is great. I get to be backed up by one of the world's best drummers or something like that. I forgot the exact line that he had. And Dave Grohl, you can hear him mutter on the microphone. Shut up. Like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, uh, it was respect, right? Like, as you said, it's very intimidating to to take over the drums. And the reason why he got hired in the band was because the original drummer they had disappointed Dave right? So yeah. Dave had to fire the original guy. I can't remember who the Pete Best was for the Foo Fighters. But he got replaced. And so when Dave called up Taylor, it was just to say, do you know any other drummers? It wasn't to say like, do you want to join the band? Taylor surprised yeah. them and said, yeah, I'll join the band.
0: I, um, I have like 50,000 thoughts floating through my head about just all of this because it's like I keep circling back to so many other musicians and how they met and it's 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 funny how kismet comes about and it's like you just said it's like you know you know dave didn't call him to join the band he called him to see if he knew anybody he could do it and he's like yeah me me (laughs) yeah i'll do it me you know and it's like and that was that that was fate intervening you know because I don't think we would have the Foo, just you know, like just as just as Dave is responsible for you know bringing about the Foo Fighters, you know, dealing with what with everything that he was going through after um, uh, Kurt. Kurt and all that kind of stuff, and then and then just how Foo Fighters came about it, yeah, and how their drummer they like, got rid of the other drummer, and then you know, like just all of this, like all these like small steps that got to this point, you know, it's it's it, it, I don't think that we ever could have really had the Foo Fighters if we didn't have the two of them. You know and it makes me think back to you know like a similar situation with you know when it was Lincoln Park which you know I me mean? I I'll always look back to-hmm uh Chester was not the original lead singer um now Mike Mike and them they didn't know Chester beforehand but they their original their original uh lead singer Mark Wayfield he he wasn't fired he left because he didn't the some dis- it was a uh, whole bunch of stuff over um not getting record deals and just thinking it wasn't going to go anywhere and being disappointed. And so he left the band. And so they had to go find a new singer. And so they did, they did, um, they did do auditions and that's how they met Chester. But you know, it's still that same thing where there was like a whole other band that was ready to be a band and ready to record and ready to go do that thing. And, it's like the the world was like no 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 we need to intervene because this is not the band. Mm-hmm. It might seem like a whole band it might seem like you have all the parts and all the pieces and everything moving in the direction needs to move to be a band that plays and you know the fates are like nope 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 that's not the band. This is the band. And so you get to this point where you know that that piece that spark that you know brought it together, that missing piece that you didn't know was missing, you know, that brought it together um, is gone. Mm-hmm. And where do you go from there? You know?
1: In Storyteller, Dave Grohl actually also talks about another TSN turning point, another like moment of uh, recognition where so uh, Kurt has died and he's kind of lost and I think maybe it was like a year or so after. the The dates in Storyteller yeah. are kind of murky but basically it was a period of time after he got a call and it was from Tom Petty and it was for to join the Tom Petty band Uh, obviously to go on the road and to be like basically a more or less session drummer touring drummer kind of thing it wasn't necessarily to contribute creatively Um, Mm -hmm. and so that was, those were his two choices. It was either like, like, cause you know how, you can imagine how lost he felt after this whole momentum with this band and Nirvana and how big it was yeah. and all these things. And then writing all these really cool songs with Kurt in the studio and stuff like this. And then that momentum stops. And then it was like, what do you do? It's like a, it's like when an NBA player retires, someone them retire at like 35 years old. And yes, you're a millionaire and yes, you're famous, but that momentum has stopped. And what do you do now for the rest of your life? It can be really intimidating to try and figure that out. And so his choice was either like join Tom Petty, uh, maybe not create as, uh, like, be as creative as possible because that's obviously Tom Petty's band and the Heartbreakers have a whole system up and running, or work on these songs that eventually, like we said, became the Foo Fighters album and we were off and running. And if he had made a different choice or maybe a different even timing, it it could have all been like super weird how things just kind of work out like that.
0: Yeah. Um but you know, if you go if you I mean, all through Storyteller, I'm like his the choices that he that he made, um, they kind of were they were they were never on the easy path. They were never on the I almost want to say the correct path, but that's not that's not the word I'm looking for. I mean, easy path really is it? Um, you know, I, I, the thing that got me hooked was actually the very beginning of the story, like that whole, the whole opening thing where he's talking about, and I cannot remember. And it's like when he was going with his mom to that underground jazz club, mm-hmm. and he got up on, you know, they they were letting people come up on stage to play with them, and he got he up was a
1: teenager at like, that point, I think. Yeah.
0: Like mm-hmm. his first time doing it, he had no idea what he was doing. And I'm like, I remember reading that going, oh, God, I know, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, 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 no. I would, would be able to do that. And he had no idea what he was doing. He knew he had no idea what he was doing, but he did it anyways,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know. And then, he, you know, you just move forward. And he just, he just kept finding these things out about himself that he was capable of that he didn't know he was capable of or things that he loved that he didn't know he loved or wasn't, you know, it wasn't. Until there was some defining moment, something in his life that goes, "No, I'm going in this direction," Mm -hmm. you know, and and it and none of and it didn't seem like much of any much of any of it was like like you were talking about. It's like you have the choice between these two things, and you see the easy one that would still do, you know, it still have a good life, Mm -hmm. you know, and he didn't choose that.
1: It's almost safe, more than easy. It's almost safe, right? Like Tom Petty's up and running. It's super successful. All you gotta do is drum yeah. like Mary Jane's last dance. That's pretty simple and yeah. safe.
0: I'll tell you this though. So I always thought he was too I'm like I was like, No, not Tom Petty. Any band but Tom Petty. He was too good of a drummer mm-hmm. for Tom Petty's band. Tom Petty, great music. Love Tom Petty, but it was just the it like even if that had been the case, I, I kinda wonder would he have stayed doing it. Not because it maybe wasn't what he was supposed to do, but because like I just can't imagine his skill set shining in a place like in a band like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's good music, but it wasn't, it wasn't
1: creative. I
0: didn't want his music or the right music, but I think that's kind of where I'm going. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it wasn't what he was, was what he was meant to be doing.
1: Which is, which is why Taylor signed up for Foo Fighters because as successful as he was hanging out and doing all that stuff with Alanis Morissette and other bands, yeah. he knew that if he went into Foo Fighters, he'd be able to create and write music. Right. Yeah. So, that's a lot more exciting. Sometimes I think rather than like going out on tour and doing like you ought to know, I don't understand how the Stones can still manage to tour and still get excited about playing like Painted Black or Give Me Shelter or something that yeah. they've done. I can't imagine how many times they played those songs, <laughs> right? And like, I'm sure they've done it at acoustics. I'm sure they've done it done a little stripped down, like maybe they threw in some extra lines or whatever. Like, they've done through every single possible variation of "Painted Black" and "Give Me Shelter" and stuff like that. And I can't imagine how they can still continue to have enthusiasm for those songs.
0: Oh, I know. I mean, I think about the, all of them. I mean, let's see who are the who are the old acts are still. Touring, they're still touring. ACBC. Is ACDC is still touring. I think they are. I know no, they... the drummers got no, uh,
1: they... MS or something.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. But I um, mean, like, it was it was fairly re- you know, it wasn't like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. They were still going up for a while, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, and yeah. then
0: like the Eagles were still touring for a millennia and a half. And you know, I think back of all these men, especially ones that weren't constantly, constantly creating new music. And you're right. It's like, how do you just go out and perform those songs over and over and over again? You know, I mean, as a, you know, I watching the Foo Fighter when I went to their concert last year, you know, some of the songs I was listening to, you know, going all the way back to like Everlong. And I just and I I was thinking the same thing because it looked like they were having so much fun, so much fun. And I'm like, and I think the same thing. I'm like, how do you keep having fun doing this? You know, because they play, when they play their music, they play it pretty, pretty straight on. Mm-hmm. Um, Linkin Park, when you would go to see them at a show, there was no guarantee that the songs that you knew were going to be performed the way that you knew them. Um, They were, vi- you know, Mike in particular was very innovative with coming up with remixes for their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, you know, Foo Fighters, you know, word for word down, you know, bridge, all of it It's it was, it it was music, you know, there was, there was very little deviation and it's just that, but they still look like they were just having a ball, just the most fun you could have after 26 years performing. Mm-hmm. And I think, and you know, we, uh, I have got, it wasn't. Wasn't Queen? It wasn't Queen that they did that that um, when Taylor came up and saying it wasn't Queen, it was like was it? It was it wasn't ABBA. It might have been. Why can't I think of it? Saturday Night why I mean Saturday Night Fever. Bee Gees. It might have been Bee Gees. Might have been a Bee Gees song he did. That
1: seems like a
2: Taylor um, song.
0: And it was like a full on like like a massive massive i almost said crystal ball that's not disco ball Mm -hmm. disco ball came out of the ceiling and like like we're talking like gold lettering you know lit up in lights it was just about as gaudy 70s as you could get Mm -hmm. and that and and then and he was performing in a, a you know and it's just like. It just looked like fun, mm-hmm. not just because I was there and I was having fun, but it looked like it. It gave off that vibe. And I mean, and that was, you know, that was when Taylor came up to sing. And I've seen and I, you don't see that very often. You don't see, you know, other band members go out there and practically take on the lead singer of their own band. And sometimes, you know do it better mm-hmm. maybe you know not their own songs but you know just the performance that they give and you know um i've never seen um taylor had a a side act Chevy metal i never saw them um a friend of mine she saw him a bunch of time and she's you said he just exuded it you know you could just feel that vibe from him that he was always having fun he was always having fun mm-hmm. and it's just it saddens me to think, like, because you know, I don't know if you watched. There's a clip floating around of his last performance and Dave introducing him and making him stand up so everybody could see his very awesome pants that he was wearing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and you know, it saddens me when I think of those sorts of things. And you're like, that, that magic, that, that not kismet, not cohesion. I can't think of the words that I want to think of. It's Monday. Um, but magic, so does magic is a good word, you know, that magic that was between them, you know, you're not going to have that again. And it's like, you know, how do you move forward? Do you move forward? And if you do, like, what, what is that going to look like? What's that going to be for you? Um, you know, that it's it was band members in particular, not artists, you know, not just singular artists. I mean, it was when we lost. Prince Bowie within like a minute of each other and then George Michael you know they're all artists mm-hmm. you know they were they were their own singular entity but when you lose band members especially band members that are so entwined with their band you you know you have to wonder can will should they move forward um it's rare that i've seen bands move forward that continue to do well and maybe even reinvent themselves after the fact you know like acdc is one of them mm-hmm. but actually now that i think about it i can't think of any other one besides acdc
1: and that, acdc kind of really- cheated because they just basically got the same voice more or less right oh my
0: gosh i'm like i always have to take a moment i'm like was this before or after was this before or after which mm-hmm. which what album is this on yeah so, so um
1: that's a rare example where like <laughs> they just basically it was just like lego blocks they just replace one with another. Uh so it's not as quite as like chaotic as the chili peppers, right? Yeah. Where you can tell from different eras who's uh who's the guitar guy and who's not. And it doesn't always go seamless.
0: So we, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, you know, I'm obviously a huge Foo Fighters fan, you know, and I've mentioned many, 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 many times on this show and many, many times in my life that I'm a big Linkin Park fan. So I've, you know, um, and, I, you know, well, it's not his own band, but huge Chris Cornell fan. So, like, I'm a big, big, big fan. So, you know, in the last five years, um, there's been some musical loss for me that was very, very, that hit. Mm-hmm. that hit hard and just hit wrong and i'm wondering like have you you know we we talk about you know you mentioned bands all the time and music and stuff but you know you i've never heard you mention any particular band or artist or anything like that that is like a go-to for you or so i i would wonder is like have you have you ever have you had to have you experienced this like like losing you know, for all intents and purposes, when the music has been part, when a particular band or artist has been part of your life for so long and have had such a big impact on your life, it's almost like losing a family member. It's almost like losing a friend. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, like, have you have you had to go through that? Have you gone through that?
1: MCA, BC Boys. And oh, that one answers your question because the BC Boys actually parallels quite a bit of uh, Foo Fighters. Um, Like, they both had a really goofy sense of humor that was on display. Uh, Both bands had a number of uh, special iconic hits and, of course, really cool videos. Uh, Both bands were, of course, heavily involved in film. BC Boys distributed a lot more, but Dave Grohl made TV shows and films. And both bands took a little while to kind of solidify their Sonic identity and style, right? Like, the first little bit of Foo Fighters was just kind of Dave on his own, kind of had to get some band members in. Some people were kind of shuffling in and out. So, and then the end, like you said, Foo Fighters has been around for 20, 25 years. Like, much like the Beastie Boys, we grew up with both bands. Like, you become an adult adult or whatever you become as you get older. And it's the same thing where, like, MCA died of cancer and it was just like, it just didn't seem to make sense because the Beastie Boys, much like the Foo Fighters, they represent this youth, this kind of energy. Like mm-hmm. the it wasn't you know the thing is Taylor's death was shocking but also the fact that he was fifty was also shocking. Like I just never it just never occurred to me that he was fifty. That seemed like an old man age. And so when you have the two parallels, uh, to me that's what it was. That's what I was thinking about was Beastie Boys and Foo Fighters. And Beastie Boys, they made a documentary called Beastie Boy Story, and Dave Go put out the Storyteller. So. yeah. It's, there are a number of parallels there between the two bands. And it's just, like you said, you lose this one person. And in the Beastie Boys case, they more or less stopped. I'm sure they have some outtakes and things kind of floating around, but the momentum more or less stopped. Um, and so we lose not just the MCA, but we also lost the band.
0: Yeah. it's You know, I know, I remember there was a lot of people asking if... Um... They would go on afterwards. I mean, but I think that's true of like anybody, you know, I'm like, yeah, with MCA, you know, um, they saw they knew that that was coming as opposed to, you know, like this with Taylor or Chester or Chris or -hmm. or, or any of the big ones that we've lost. The left field Um, ones. Yeah, the left field ones. I mean, Bowie was sick
1: for a while, right?
0: Yeah, he was sick for he was sick for a minute. Um, and then you know, and then there's always that question like, do you go on or can you go on? And, and like, yeah, BC Boys, no. It's like you, you have three. You just lost a third of your band mm-hmm. and someone who's very, very, very much, you know, vocally present as they all are on the music. Yeah. And so it's you know, and the same thing. It's it, I think I think part of the reason that you know, you know, it'll be five years this year since. Chester passed away and obviously there has been no new Lincoln Park music or anything like that since then, because I mean, other than the, other than the, uh, unreleased music. Um, and you know, it's, you'd look at that and you, and you're like, there's six people in this band, right? There's six members of Lincoln Park Mm -hmm. and now there's five. And, but at the same time, it's like, so you still have the majority of the band and one of the two lead singers but when you have somebody whose presence is so intertwined, so connected, you know, so just the touching point of the touchstone of that music, how, you know, you can't really go on from that. How do you go on from that? You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, the, the question is like, do you, re- do you replace Chester? Well, if you're gonna do Linkin Park music in some level, you have to replace Chester. You have to find somebody to sing his part, right? But how do you find that voice? How do you find that particular kinetic energy? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, you know, it may, when I saw that comment on Twitter, someone's like said that, you know, Taylor was probably the only one who could, you know, take on Dave Grohl and not be upset that, you know, you're not hearing Dave Grohl on the drums, you know? And yeah, he's a drummer and there are drummers. It's an instrument, you know, he's not one of the, he's not a vocalist for the band, which is very different Mm -hmm. loss. But at the same time, how do you move on from that kind of kinetic energy that, you know, like you said, he was mo- more, he was, he was, he was the face of the band as much as Dave was. Mm-hmm. And how do you, do you, or is that, or is that, or is that the stopping point?
1: It's a hard thing too, because there's quite a bit of footage. Uh, like if you watch the HBO show Sonic Highways, <clears throat> you can kind of see how the band works and creates and stuff like this. And that was one of the things I think Dave was really smart about, which was that, like, kind of keeping the creative environments creative and trying new ways to record, ways uh, to record, to write, to do those kind of things. And it's always impossible, like, when you hear a song, it's hard to know, uh, like, with a band like Foo Fighters or even, like, the Beastie Boys, who can kind of contribute what to what. Uh, One of the famous stories is, like, uh, uh, Bill Berry, uh, the drummer for the REM. He 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 was one who sparked um, Everybody Hurts. He had the basic bones of the song and they were off and running. So you would think that like a song like... And that's one of their biggest hits. So you would think a song like that would come from either Michael Stipe or somebody else in the band, but it came from the drummer. And so when he left, you lose like this songwriting partner, you lose this spark, this guy who's bringing in melodies or harmonies or doing something. Even though you, yeah. the general public may not know because we're not in the studios with the band... Until you hear stories like he's the guy who sparked everybody They're so like, oh snap, that's a major hit. Like, you can't just quote unquote replace him, and they tried to do that. The next album after he left, they just used a drum machine, and it was a very soulless album,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So I think that's the thing too, where like you you talk about that magic and it's that alchemy, right? When those guys, when Foo Fighters all get together in the same room. There's something about it that works. It's We've seen this before. Uh, this is an extreme example, but we've seen this before with Billy Corgan. And when he's with the Smashing Pumpkins, for some stupid reason, it works. When he's in Zwan or these other bands or other things like that, it just doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And so you need to have that that group of people that who are the Foo Fighters. And I don't know that it's quite quite easy to replace it. Uh, to replace somebody like Taylor, and then just be able to like move on, move on ahead, move forward.
0: Yeah, I um, when I don't know if you saw any of it, but you know when Link, when when Chester died, they did that memorial concert, three hour concert um at the Hollywood Bowl the. September, or was September, October, doesn't matter. Right around, end of September, October, right around there. So it was only like two, three months later. Um, and they had other musicians come in and sing for him.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, I remember that. And
0: as good as some of them were, like really good at that particular song, it was visceral that it wasn't Chester. Mm-hmm. And I know that part and I know probably part of that comes from the fact that it was, you know, it was it was new and it was literally the only, it's the only time they've performed since then. Um, you know, so it's it was very, you know, obviously very hyper obvious that it wasn't that it wasn't going to ever be Chester. But at the same time, it's like you, you, you hear it and you're like, it's not right. It's not the sound. It's not right. It's like it's missing something. And I don't think that was entirely because it was a memorial concert. I think, you know, I mean, if, if, if there's anything, uh, Mike Shinoda is a consummate, you know, showman. Mm-hmm. And he's very good at getting on a stage even when he's about to completely lose his shit and put on a good show. He talks about it in one of his songs from, um, or raps about it, I should say, one of his songs from um, uh, uh, Post Traumatic. You know, I almost lost it in the middle of a couple songs. Um, you know, that's that's one. You know, he's he he doesn't really remember doing it. And, it, it, you know, it's just all he remembers is that, you know, it was really hard to keep it together for three hours. Mm-hmm. And, but he still did it. And you could still tell, like, it's like that, that vibe and that energy that he's very good at putting forward was there. But it just wasn't. Park
2: mm-hmm.
0: five of the six people wasn't Lincoln Park. Um, and so I, d- and, and, again, you know, we keep moving back. It's, it is, it's, it is the drummer, which has been, by the way, an interesting conversation
2: mm-hmm. because
0: you tell people, you know, it's one thing you say, if I'd said, oh my God, Dave Grohl died, you know, oh my God, Chester Day, you know, oh my God, you know, um, Kurt Cobain died. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about the lead singer. We're talking about the front of the band. We're talking about the face, the sound, the voice.
1: Like when we saw when Queen and, died, uh, when Freddie Mercury died, and Queen was like, "What do we do now?"
0: Yeah, and when I've been telling people, you know, that you know, like I'm upset, and here's why I'm upset, and I and I say the drummer, it's a it's a very particular reaction you get from people. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you can see the buildup in their face. Oh my God. Someone died. And they're like, Oh, the drummer. Yeah. What the- yeah. And it's like, and like, how do you explain that? How do you explain to people? It's like, this is about how this particular, yes, that person played an instrument and yes, you can find somebody who can technically play those songs again, but it it's not the same energy and it's not, you know, it's like, how do you explain like the importance of this person in this band? It's been it's been weird trying to explain that I was like, it's like no you don't understand like you know I stopped saying the drummer died. I stopped mm-hmm. saying that. I just said Taylor Hawkins and the Foo Fighters died. Like and that's all I would say. You know, and then it's like and then if somebody asked about it you like I might have gone a little bit more detail but I stopped saying Taylor Hawkins and the drummer died. I'm like or the drummer and the Foo Fighters. you know I'm like no I stopped saying it because it was just like this you could see it like it's like oh well that's not as important as if this person had died. I'm like this, this is
1: The example of what you're talking about is Led Zeppelin. When their drummer died, John Bonham, they more or less stopped. That was the end of the Mm -hmm. momentum, and that was the end of the band for them. Um, They've all, like, uh, Robert has obviously gone on to make other, like, solo projects and other music and whatever. They're still making music. But as Led Zeppelin, they more or less kind of... That's it. They've done some odd performances here at the Kennedy Center and stuff like that. They had the What's Her Face From Heart uh, do some of the vocals and stuff like that as well. Things like that. Uh, like, But for the most part, it's the, the momentum died when John Bonham died. And so yeah. they shut it down. That's one of the most obvious examples when I was thinking of like, to answer the question of like, do Foo Fighters go on? I was like, Led Zeppelin did not go on.
0: So what do you think? Do you think that I mean it's it's too soon to
1: It's way too soon but I don't think I honestly I would be surprised just because you and I and many others obviously know the value of what Taylor was to the Foo Fighters and I yeah. don't it's like you said the reason that people were like, like, whatever, it's a drummer, is because that there is that attitude, <laughs> right? Like, we all have, like, there's drummer jokes, right? There's no, not necessarily bass player jokes, right? Like, there's drummer jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, what was the last thing the drummer said before he got fired from the band? Hey, guys, let's try to record one of my songs. There's lots of things like that where, like, the, yeah. the drummer is very, like, disposable. Which is also kind of a, a weird thing because... Yeah it's also the thing of like people don't fully realize what a drummer does and how he provides the time and all that kind of stuff, like the structure to the band. So it kind of overlooks everything. Everyone kind of focuses on the lead singer because especially because he writes or she writes a lot of the lyrics and things like that. But the drummer is instrumental. There is a pun for you uh, in what a band does. And I think beyond that, because Dave would obviously know that Dave knows that as a drummer, but also you lose a brother like Taylor and I think it just, be- that loss just becomes too hard to overcome.
0: I'm trying to...
1: Is there another band you can think of that, like, lost, like... Led Zeppelin is obvious example. But, like...
0: No. I can't think of I mean, I'm I'm trying to rack my brain, you know. I mean, but there's I mean you know, you but you know, it's like you look at yeah, you know, Led Zeppelin, yeah. You know, it's it's they it's you know, the they're they're it's like they're the antithesis of A C D C. You know, Led Zeppelin loses their drummer and that's it. That's it. They're they're done. They're not they're not moving forward. Led Zeppelin loses their lead singer.
1: A C D C means
0: Yes, that's mm-hmm. what I meant. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yes. Uh, ACDC loses their lead singer, which is, you know, what many consider to, you know, and for good reason, the most important part of the band, and managed to keep going and keep going well. And yes, they basically did replace him with practically the same person, but, you know, it's not like they're the only band that's ever tried that. Yeah, um,
1: Excess, die, Queen, right? um, The Doors.
0: Yeah, but, 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 I mean, like, it didn't die, but they tried, but they replaced Steve Perry in um, Journey. Mm hmm. Um, or yeah, like, uh, oh, they, 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 what's his name? Um, um, uh, the American Idol winner went to, in excess. Oh Co-op. yeah. Yeah. That one. Yeah. And oh yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Sorry. The, the guy with the eyeshadows and the nail polish and all that. Yeah. What's his name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's Chris something. Yeah, sure. Well, because there were two Chris's that season, one of them won. The other one was like second. It was like a Chris Daughtry and then him. And I can't remember. I should remember that season being the two Chris's. Mm-hmm. Um and uh
1: Which is which is embarrassing because you can't replace Freddie Mercury or Michael Hutchins, like as lead singers, like as frontmen. That 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 talent and that raw animal magnetism, like all those things that make up a quality frontman, you can't mm-hmm. just quote unquote replace that those guys. It, it was kind of embarrassing, those bands kind of still tried to go on. But it's what we're talking about because you are it's the the left field like uh, nobody expected Michael Hutchins to die especially the way that he did die. and so now this band is now like, well, what do we do? How do we keep going right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's the it's the I will say okay, you know what I will say this when they try, there are interesting things that come out of it and sometimes it can be fun for just like nostalgia's sake for like a minute. But no, it's like you're never going to be able to be successful. You're never going to be able to be what you were because you don't have that element anymore. Um, I'm uh, there. The, God, since like what, what year did it start? It started in 2016. That's when, that's when that was the year we lost. That was the year we lost Bowie, Prince, and uh, um, George Michael mm-hmm. so close together. Um, And then the next year was, you know, we lost uh, Chris and Chester and, um, Mm. you know, it's, you keep going through these and I don't know, it makes you almost have like your own, your own, the question of your own this is this is going to get heady and, you know, I'll say this and then we can be done with it if you want. But it almost makes you question your own mortality. You're like, am I seeing more people die because, you know, it's just, it's just the need, you know, it's just it just happened and it's bad and it sucks. Or is it happening because I'm getting older and that's what happens when you get older? Both. More people around you die. Mm-hmm. That's Both. depressing.
1: Yeah, that's it's pretty- the same thing when you get, uh, when you're a teenager, everyone just in relationships and couples or whatever, but then as you get into your 20s, people start getting married and then you start attending more weddings, right? As a teenager, you generally don't get, you don't attend weddings, at least weddings of people that you know and care about.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's just a product of getting older, right? Like, Bowie, I think, just was closing on 70 when he died. 69, I think, maybe 68, something like that. Something like that. um, So, like, you know, that's that's a senior citizen. (laughs) He could have retired. Like, that's early bird special. Right? hmm So, it's just because, again, like I said, they're in this business of of making music and popular culture, pop culture. So it always makes them seem a lot more youthful, and it probably does make them seem a lot more youthful. Right? Like I said, when Taylor died, I was also shocked that he was 50. It just never occurred to me that he was 50. He always seemed like a... Like a not necessarily like a frat boy in terms of like like a douchebag or anything but just a frat boy that kind of energy and like party and like wearing like shirts with no sleeves and like he's having a good time and he's out late at night that kind of thing
0: when you look at some of these people who who do pass by like so he passed away at 50 which is way 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 too young to pass away but you know you're starting to get to a point where it's like you have you know you've lived your life it's you know it's you know i you're right same thing though i did not know he was 50 but i'm like oh he's 50 so it's like you know like and the first thing i thought was like okay so it could have been a heart attack mm-hmm. and you start thinking those things that get a little bit older you know whereas obviously it's younger. It's like oh well obviously it had to admit drugs you know mm-hmm. and it's now it's um or even like he could look like bob saget i mean he was a comedian comedians it's just like it's you know well, pretty much most of the entertainment streets nature of the biz drugs go around mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and so you, you question that because it was sudden, you know, but also you're like, but he was older, like he could easily have died from a heart attack. And then you find out that it was actually trauma entirely, completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just kind of look at this stuff when they get older and you're, and do and you ask yourself? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it kind of could have been, you know, it's like, I don't know what the, it's like, that's just the thought that went through my head when I heard he was 50. It's like, I didn't know he's 50, but at the same time I'm like, oh, he's 50. I'm like, so, you know, something so it could have happened. Something could happen, you know? Um, and you stop immediately jumping to the, well, something traumatic happened or it was drugs or something like that. And I don't know which is worse, um, you know, hearing that number and going, oh, it might have been or finding out that it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, you get to that point where it's about, like I said, it's like, you know, it's about mortality. But then at the same time, you know, which is worse thinking that you're, you know, you're you're seeing mortality catch up with everybody, you know, you know, around your age and older or, um or finding out that it is that you know, it someone it was awful, you know, someone OD'd, and um, that might not be the case. Like, yes, yes, they found <laughs> drugs in his system, but mm-hmm. they still haven't ruled it as an OD. Um, mm-hmm. uh, from what I understand, I've heard conflicting stories. One story said that they found him, one story said that um, they got uh, the they called emergency services because because he was com- he was complaining of chest pain, yeah. So, I don't know. The second one is the one I've heard from more outlets, but I haven't seen the other one <laughs> floating around a couple times. So, that's I the other part it. that's
1: frustrating is because you're dealing with the loss, the sudden loss. Like you, like it comes out of left field because you're just buying your own business on the weekend. All of a sudden, you see like the the news alert comes up or the Twitter or whatever it is, and it tells you that he died. And then it's just human nature. This like, how like you, cause you're trying to process it. So if there's some sort of logical thing or whatever, like if the bus got in an accident, uh, their tour bus got in an accident or something, or like you said, he had a heart attack. You're like, okay, phew. then, then you kind of know, and like, is everybody in the band? Okay. <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? It's just the na- nature of the thing. So you get half yeah. this information that's devastating to you and you can't emotionally grapple with it because you don't have all the, all the information, right? You got like half a story. It's like if somebody wrote, like, a Wikipedia entry about a popular blockbuster movie or whatever and they only wrote, like, the first 15 minutes and then that's it. You don't know how it ends. You don't know who the killer is. Like, do they make it out okay? You don't know. And so it's very frustrating. And these things go slower, right? Like, by the time they do the toxicology reports and all the kind of other things that they have to do. Yeah. And, uh, but, so, related to mortality, though, there was one part that we kind of glossed over, which is yeah. you you asked the question like, do they keep going? And that's a question that Dave Grohl and the band have to sit down and decide. But what yeah. about you? You as a fan, would you want them to keep going? I know it's not up to you, but if you had the choice, would you be like, yo, I know you know how much Taylor meant to the band and you know how much he was a face of the band. So do you want them to keep going or do you want them to shut it all down and then I don't know, do side projects or something else after this?
0: You know, um, Uh, That's that's a good question. Um, Where they're concerned, I can't say I can't say the words. I'll be happy because it's just it's just the wrong word. But uh, but uh, but I'll use it at least in this case. I will be, or better, I will be satisfied with whatever they choose to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Happy if they keep going. I will, you know, I you know, I'll be satisfied. Satisfied is a better word. I'll be satisfied if they keep going. I'll be satisfied if they don't because. You know, that they, if they feel like they can find their way back to it, then, you know, yes, I, you know, I would love to see them in concert again. You know, I would love, to, I would love that. Um, but if they choose not to, you know, I will be fine with either, either way. Linkin Park, as much as I would love to see them play, I, I absolutely don't want to. I, I, in no way, shape, or form, want them to keep going. I it's don't. the same
1: thing with the BC boys, right? Like, you're done now. Yeah. Thank you. I just, I
0: mean, <laughs> I will absolutely support them and who knows, maybe they will find somebody who's got, you know, Chester's energy or something. I mean, his son's a pretty good singer actually, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe he can do it. Um, I don't know. It's just, but at the same time, like if they find somebody with that energy and they find somebody who can like reflect Chester's abilities and skills. um, uh, I mean, I, I would see them play and I would be cautiously optimistic um, and I would obviously support any new music that gets released because it's Lincoln park. And like I said, I'm like, you know, they're my band, you know, it's, you know, Chester was my singer, but they are still my band. Mm-hmm. Um, do I want them to? No, I don't want to go to a Lincoln park concert without Chester there. It's
1: or definitely. a hologram even worse.
0: Oh, they would never do that. They were mm-hmm. very, very adamant about that. Mike was horrified when somebody suggested that to him. He's mm-hmm. like, Oh, God. He's like, I could never perform with a holographic Chester. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm, no, no, that's, that's, that's a hard pass on that one. But at the same time, I'm like, but again, I would be cautiously optimistic and supportive. Um, so, cause that's what you do, you know, when it's someone that you love or something that you love, it's like you support it. You support it anyway. But, but Food Fighters, I mean, I, I feel like, I would be satisfied. I can't, like I said, I can't say happy because I would never be happy to see them in concert or hear their music without Taylor ever again. But it doesn't mean that I can't be satisfied. I can't be supportive, and I can't actually really enjoy whatever comes from it. But I will be satisfied, whatever their decision is. Um, but uh, I just, at the same time, I there is like a small part of me, a very small part of me, that. See, you know what? Right as I was about to say the words, I'm like, I want to take them back. I was going to say, I was like, you know what? A small part, a very tiny, tiny, tiny part of me doesn't want them to mostly because I'm like, Dave's been through enough.
1: It's but done, at the man. Same
0: time- yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? That's telling him that he, you know, that's telling him, like, put put your sticks down. Put the mic down. It's like you've been through. It's like, it's almost like saying, like, you don't get to decide this. You've been through enough and we're going to tell you to sit down. No, 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 no. You you know, you read Storyteller and you learn right quick. I was like, he's not the person to just be like, okay, well, this is the easy road out and I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't think he's, I don't think he has it in him to do that.
1: And it's interesting, too, because he's in a different Stage of life in the sense that, like, when when Kurt died, he he wasn't quote unquote rich. He was not fully established, that kind of thing. Now he's an accomplished filmmaker. Now he's obviously quite wealthy. Um, He has like two or was it two daughters or three daughters? Those can be really expensive, though. So I'm sure the wealth won't last. Uh, But for the most part, though, he's more or less set, and so he has options now. Whereas I think Mm -hmm. when to go back to the storyteller, like, I think those were his two choices, but either were like record these weird songs by himself in the studio or go on tour with Tom Petty. It really was like a binary choice. It was either this or that, like he had to do something. And I think now he has a lot more options. And I think as the, as the grief kind of like fades, I think he'll have to do some like, like, I guess soul searching for lack of a better term and figure out where they go from here. The yeah. band is back in L.A., and I can't even imagine that f- flight home and, like, how difficult that was and how awkward that was.
0: Oh, um, no. I, I don't even want to think about that. Those those are the... The flight after is never something I like to think about, especially living 3,000 miles away from my family. But um, I, you know... That's just, I don't, it's like, it's like, how do you stick, how do you stick yourself in a tube for however many hours it is when you're already, it's like, cause grief is so, especially fresh grief is so suffocating. Mm-hmm. How can you put yourself in something that even if you're not claustrophobic, you had to have felt claustrophobic mm-hmm. to do that, you know? Um,
1: so I'm leaning towards, I think it's done. I think it's going to be like MCA passing away with busy boys. I think whatever happens after this, I think Dave will still find a way to make music. I think it'll be different music. I don't think uh, he'll still find a way to make films. He'll still do Dave Grohl stuff. Um, yeah. But I think Foo Fighters in this current incarnation is done. It's a lot like um, I'd never been to New Orleans and I always wanted to go to New Orleans. And it, it, New Orleans obviously had a reputation of like a lot of parties and a lot of jazz and Mardi Gras and all these kind of things. Uh, wild parades and all that kind of stuff, um, yeah. and then Hurricane Katrina hit, and then that devastated the city. And they're still recovering in many ways. And now, when you talk to people that have been to New Orleans before K- Hurricane Katrina and since, they tell you it's not the same. It's the energy's not quite the same. The vibe's not the same. The atmosphere's not the same. It, it lost something. Uh, I mean, obviously, like that Hurricane Katrina was a devastating experience. So there's multiple like. Um, trauma I guess for lack of a better term so I can understand that and it's the same thing where like you know it's almost like that window to go to New Orleans and to experience New Orleans and to experience the jazz and Bourbon Street and all those kind of things has closed it's still there you can go but it's not going to be the same
0: you know it's funny you say that when I was when I was a kid hands down and to all, be all favorite musician all time with Michael Jackson I will still say to this day that Thriller is still my favorite song
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I just there's just I mean and at this point there's just something nostalgic and iconic about it but there's just something about Thriller that if you ever ask what your favorite song Thriller has been since it came out in 1983 and uh, my parents well my dad in particular did not like him Mm -hmm. Um, so there was never an opportunity for me to like, like as a person my dad didn't like him um my there was never an opportunity for me to get to go see them and see him perform,
2: uh-huh.
0: and it was, you know, despite all of the, the, the 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 stuff that's come out about him and the things that he's been accused of and you know, any of that, you know, Um I, I I that's what I thought when he when he passed away, and still to this day, I was like that 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 is a window that closed. Yeah, he was the one. Childhood that I absolutely and, he, and 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 like again, regardless of him as a person and any trauma he inflicted on other people as an entertainer, I still am smarting that I never got to see him perform.
1: I didn't see the Foo Fighters perform, so even if they come back, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be like what I was saying about New Orleans, even if they have a really cool, capable drummer, or even if Dave does the drumming and the singing or whatever it may be. It's literally not going to be the same. I I was trying to get my act together, and we've talked about this before. But yeah. that's the. Whenever you lose anybody, whether it's Michael Jackson or Taylor Hawkins or uh, Prince, the answer is always the same, which is always go. Even if you can't afford it, pay it by Visa and figure out how to pay it later. Like, steal the money, whatever it takes. Because you do get a window of time. I know it feels like these bands have been forever, and like the Rolling Stones have been around since the. 60s and it feels like it's forever but the truth is you get a limited window of time of when these people are super popular when they are on top of their creative like energies and things are rolling always always go that's the message yeah. for the kids always always go find a way uh, if you can't yeah. go in your city get in the car and go to another city maybe the tour is not showed out there whatever it may be just find a way and get there and go to the shows always go
0: yeah. I um the last time that I would have seen Lincoln Park perform, I had tickets. I had tickets. I think we've talked about this. I had tickets, and like the it was for a Friday, and the weekend before, you know, Hester and all of his dumbassery um, broke his foot.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He'd done that on stage, um, or broken something, I should say. I don't think you know, and ended up needing surgery the, that Monday, and that was obviously the Monday before the concert, and so the concert was canceled, and it was not rescheduled. We were refunded, and at the time. You know, I was pretty broke. And I remember thinking I was super bummed that I was going to miss them. But there was a part of me that was, like, slightly relieved that I was going to get this money back. And it's weird because I can't change anything about what happened. It wouldn't have changed the outcome. But knowing now what I didn't know then, that that was the last chance I would have ever had to see them perform, Mm -hmm. I regret ever having that thought go through my head that i was relieved to get the money back
2: mm-hmm.
0: like you said i'm like that was it that would that was that would have been the last time and i didn't even get to i didn't even get to have it so the last time i saw that i i i have seen them perform one time since i moved to new york mm-hmm. and most kept missing them like i'd be in california when they were in the east coast and vice versa and then one time you know it's like it was 2014 2015 i think it was 2014 yeah it was 2014 um september of 2014 was the last time i saw it before and i would have seen them i think it was 2015 was or 16 when that concert would have taken place I think it was 2016, like March of 2016 or something like that. And, you know, it's like, like I said, it's like, it's hindsight, you know, it's like you said, it's like you just said, you hit the nail right on the head. You, you, you think it's going to last forever. And whether it's tragedy that strikes or whether it's just because this is when they're on, when they're on their game, when they're, you know, when they're at their peak, when they're at their best, it's like, you know, go see the show. Go. Always go. Whether whether it's, you know, you they're, they're just, by the time you make it, they're just not performing the way they used to or tragedy happens. You just, you don't know when you're going to get that opportunity again. Don't assume that you're going to.
1: That's the arrogance of pop culture, right? Like, I've been seeing a lot of articles now uh, about people like, Are you going back to like concerts now that the pandemic is kind of over, not really over, sort of over. Are you going back to concerts during COVID and things like that? And the answer has always got to be yes, because you simply will not get these opportunities again. Right? So I understand the risks. I understand the money. I understand all these issues that people have and they're legitimate issues. People are broke, especially when you're in twenties and you're in university or something like that. I get it. But you got to go, you got to find a way and you got to go because I mean that those windows are small and they will close.
0: That was a sold out show at the Forum for Foo Fighters last year. And we were still <clears throat> you know, we're still in the pandemic. So we were still in the pandemic last August. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a sold out show. And you know what? You do what you have to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. I remember seeing all of these people so many people, and just you know, you have a moment, you're like, Fuck, There's a lot of people, there's a pandemic, mm-hmm. and gotta say, You know what? Fuck It, yeah, this is my white whale, and I'm not I'm not missing it for anything.
1: Always go, I
0: didn't for this very reason.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If I had said I don't want to go because it's gonna be a sold out show at the forum and there's a pandemic going on, I never would have gotten to see them perform. Mm-hmm. So go,
1: yeah. That's our message for the kids. So we will uh, wrap up this time. Uh, it was kind of a somber, reflective episode of My yep. Summer Lair Space Station Oddity. We will be back uh, next oh, week. With... Real quick, real yeah.
0: quick. We, we, we can end this on a not somber note. What are your thoughts on Will Smith slapping Chris Rock?
1: Oh, um, I I didn't really have like, I, I don't Go know. Ahead. I get like, I still don't know if it was necessarily real. It seemed like it was real. Then it was fake. I don't know me. I thought it, initially I thought it was very much like the um the the Janet Super Bowl boobie, right? Where like was this supposed to happen? Was this not supposed to happen? Was this an accident or was it a ward or malfunction? One of those things. Um, and then that's kind of it. it.
0: Absolutely not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't think either one of those things. I don't think we were supposed to see her boobie, and I don't think he was supposed to get slapped. But.
0: Um. I. But at the end. Uh, no. 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 That was definitely not staged in mm-hmm. any way. You know what? I'll say this though. Um. Yeah. I think Chris deserved it. You don't. You don't. You know. You don't. You don't get on television in front of millions, millions of people, and make an unbelievably crass, able, ablest joke mm-hmm. about somebody in the audience Mm -hmm. you just don't do that it's a whole different level of wrong and i think chris probably has a window where he probably doesn't have to apologize because he got bish slapped on television Mm -hmm. um but he still better come out and apologize because that was beyond crass
1: yeah i think it's just gonna be it's one of those things now where like everything that happens in pop culture is a rorschach test so we're going to get, like, a million different takes and a million different perspectives. Um, and there's not going to be very much consensus for the next little while moving on. It's a lot, actually, like the Janice Jackson Super Bowl booby, right? Where, like, everyone had these kind of different things. Uh, people were, like, throwing Justin under the bus. People were throwing Janet under the bus. People were conservative and didn't want any nudity at all on TV. Like, there was just kind of, like, a mix mash of, like, opinions and experiences and whatever else people kind of have uh emotionally and spiritually. So I think for the next little while it's just going to be a hot mess of like confusion as trying until a narrative eventually uh, emerges. Okay. There we go. Just
0: want to end it on at least a little bit of brevity.
1: There we go, yes. Um but thank you for hanging out uh with this episode of my Sta- my summer layer space station oddity I've been Sammy.
0: I have been uh Music lover, Cradle to Grave, Stephanie.
1: Oh, good reference. They've reference. All right. Thank you for hanging out. We covered quite a bit, but there's always room for more.
0: Have a good one. Peace out, everyone.